everybody, this is one of your hosts, Michael Shields, and this is my daughter, Madeline. Hi! Before we get going, just a reminder of a promotion that we're running through the Osiris Network with Harry's Razors. Now is not the time to overpay for razors at the drugstore. Harry's knows sometimes it's better to stay inside. That's why they ship directly to you, so you can experience the quality of a Harry's shave in just a few days from the convenience of your own home. Join the 10 million of tried Harry's. Claim your special trial offer by going to harrys.com backslash partypal. Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 a blade. They've cut out the middleman, manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century. Which means you get incredibly high-quality blades at factory direct prices. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door, on your schedule, with or without a subscription. And you can feel good about your purchase. 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. 1% of proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better health care for men and veterans. Listeners of this show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com backslash partypal. You get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com backslash partypal to start shaving better today. Let's get this party started. Party Pal, the mind-bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Shields, and I have with me today writer, head editor at uh, the Arts and Culture magazine, uh, uh, Across the Margin, and you know him from, uh, he was part of the celebration of the new Star Trek series, Picard. I have Chris Thompson with me. What's up, Chris? What's up, Mike? Great to be here today. Good. I'm glad to have you, man, because I'm excited about this one, because today we are here to discuss the third season of the Netflix hit Ozark, the crime drama series created by Bill DeBuke and Mark Williams, starring Jason Bateman and Laura Linney as a married couple who are forced to re- relocate their family to the Ozarks following a money laundering scheme gone wrong. Uh, Jason Bateman serves as one of the directors and one of the executive producers for the show. And 
Ozark has um, quite a buzz right now and, and a lot of hype around it. And we're here to discuss why and, you know, what everyone out there is finding so compelling. So let's dig, uh, let's dig right in. Chris, I know you really enjoyed the series. Uh, what got you about it? What do, what do, what, what, what's uh, Ozark mean to you? Well, thanks for asking that question, Mike. For me, I really feel like it's one of the last remaining shows from the television anti-hero boom of the past decade. Ah, and, yeah. You know, I, I really sort of there's been this vacuum that I've been hoping would be filled by another Breaking Bad type show. And I've really found that Ozark is sort of um, giving me that fix I need for this type of anti-hero crime drama. And it really sort of drew me in almost immediately. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I like um, I like that you point right back to some of the kind of what it was is called the golden age of television, where we had Tony Soprano running around and Dom Draper running around and Walter White, um, who I know is going to come up uh, multiple times here, running around. But yeah, no, it, it it definitely has that feel to it. I uh, I'll admit to it. I was I was a little late to the game here. I um. I started season one um, when it first uh, aired. I can't remember the year exactly, but a few years back. And I wasn't taken immediately. There was something um, about um, I was having a little bit of a hard time suspending disbelief about, you know, how uh, Marty jumped right into this crime world. It just it's it's it's, you know, looking back now, it's kind of like a ridiculous criticism. But I was just having a tough time with it. There was like there was also like these big uh, these overwhelming blue hues, which I know anyone who watches the show knows I'm talking about and, and, you know, darker, darker colors. And I was just like, kind of like what's going on. But, you know, so many people kept telling me, you know, give it, give it another run. I saw so much about this season out there. And then also, I mean, obviously, um, you know, COVID-19 gives us all, it doesn't, you know, give us that much, but it, you know, a lot of us, uh, are given a chance to binge. And this is one of the first ones that, uh, I binged once, once everything uh, got down into lockdown, and, and I'm glad I did. I really enjoyed it. I, I'm so, I really get what's compelling, and it's 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 uh, it was it was gripping, really gripping show. Yeah, you know, uh, it's a great point, Mike. And for me, I would say it definitely was a slow burn for me too. Uh, mm. the, the the show sort of when it came out, I, I wasn't really sure what to expect. It, it was kind of up there. I put it into my list, but I had other things that were sort of more in my purview at the moment. And then once I had gone through a few other shows, I came back to Ozark and uh, it took about halfway through the first season to me to really come around to being, to invest myself in this show. And I think it's because I started really paying attention to what was actually going on in the show and trying to just step back and remove myself from the life of uh, the Bird family and just sort of consider the cinematography and like when you speak of the mm. color schemes that were employed and um, the setting and all these different things and what was going on in the creative directing and editing to sort of tell additional stories within a story. And, you know, you speak of, you speak of the color. The color is one of the things that at the beginning I, I didn't really enjoy it so much, but when I started really considering it, you know, you mentioned these sort of blue-green sort of hellscapes that are out there surrounding the show and there's never sort of that beautiful golden warm shaft of sunlight coming down. And, you know, I, I started to realize that these sort of color schemes they were employing were meant to sort of 
build up that heightened tension and anxiety and gloom and sort of really drive home the fact that things are not going well for the Bird family. And so mm-hmm. I just thought, saw it as another unique layer to the show that wasn't I hadn't really seen before in other shows, and it helped draw me in deeper. Other things like sort of the creeping camera, where you'll, you'll see like a character off in the woods sitting on a log, sort of thinking about life, and this sort of this character, this camera sort of slowly creeping in on them, or these really tight close-up shots, or these scenes where you have um, certain characters sitting together and other characters off in the distance, and you get a sense of the ability. There's different teams here. You know, Marty and Wendy are on one team. His kids are across the room, and the camera goes to them. They're on another team, and they're sort of giving each other looks and stuff like that, and then the whole situation changes. So there was a lot going on in the show, independent of the acting and the writing, that I really started paying attention to, and it added this whole new level to the show that really drew me in more. And once I sort of sort of understood that, I, I was sort of all in because it's something new to me that I hadn't experienced before in a television show, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you know what? It, it, that's, that's you know, I, I'm happy to admit when I'm wrong, and that um, there's that, that kind of aura that was kind of off-putting at first or just I didn't allow myself time to get used to was absolutely deliberate, and, and you just nailed down why. I mean, these these... These darkened colors and these darkened rooms, their homes always dark. These blue lens they're shooting through. It's all it is. It's all deliberate. I mean, there's a figurative cloud uh, just hanging over them the whole time. It's stressful. You can feel, you know, the, the 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 weight of the world on their shoulders the whole time. They from from day one, they have buried themselves in way too deep, and and they've basically just been treading water trying to figure it out. And that's been the fun part about figuring out how clever they can be to tread water this whole time it's it's it, it is it's super compelling people have been drawn to it in a major way it, it, it's super successful um you know award-wise recently just in the last few years it's been um uh 14 primetime emmy awards uh bateman won for directing in 2019 julia gardner won for uh best supporting actress for her character is ruth she so well deserving i can't wait to dig into both her acting and um, the character so much more. She's going to be a big part of this episode, I have no doubt. Uh, and even between season two and season three, there was this huge jump. I mean, 8.7 million um, viewers watched the in the first 10 days of its release watched it. Wow. As, as opposed to uh, in season two, it was 5 million over those uh, exact same spans. So it's been doing, um, doing really, really well. And um, I get why. And... Let's dig in even further because episode one finds us uh, in a real unique place. Things things are a little bit different. The episode's called Wartime. And Wendy, who's played by Laura Linney, um, she is clearly, and right out the gate, um, the driving force in the illicit in this one. I mean, she this is this is her season in a lot of ways, and it starts right in episode one. Yeah, it's a great point, Mike. I really feel like Laura Linney's character, uh, Wendy Bird, she, she, Laura Linney really put out an exceptional performance in season three. And I really feel like this season she's worked to reclaim her identity beyond just mother and wife. And this episode sets up a great character arc for her, for her where she's seeking mm. to attain the role of equal, if not better than her husband, Marty. You know, in this first episode, Marty feels really pressured to move before he is ready. And here's just Wendy pitching this high stakes plan, sort of really contrary to how she was in the beginning of the show and for part of the second season, you really see her starting to spread her wings a little bit and um, taking on a greater role in the family. Um, 
And um, what we find out ultimately is that it, it comes at several extremes, costs, um, which is something that we've seen Marty experience across every season so far. And it's sort of, you know, Wendy sort of getting a taste of really what Marty's been struggling with this whole time and continues to struggle uh, with the third season, you know? Um, so yeah. it, 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 the, the first episode sets up a really great um, um, character arc for um, Wendy, and I really enjoyed watching her sort of blossom um, as a character in this show. And to yeah, some she, degree, to quote on. Um, one of my favorite shows from the past that also had this sort of anti-hero vibe, she routinely breaks bad in this season three. Um, oh, she broke, she broke fucking way back uh, bad. She, uh, what, 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 what I saw it as is she really like, I mean, she in contemplation of, of, of everything that's happened in the first two season, she realized who, what they were doing and what that made them. And then she began to own it, owning what she's been doing, owning who that makes her be. And it just, it just, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, she's taken the power back in a lot of ways, instead of just kind of um, teetering the line between good and bad or, or, or trying to figure it out or trying to help in, you know, half measures type of ways to uh, keep making nods to breaking bad. She just went all in and it was fascinating to watch her go in. And at the same time, what we had happening was um, a, a changed Marty. From season one, we were looking at a more vulnerable and pensive Marty. And obviously that really changed when, um, you know, he ended up killing Mason in the, in, in the basement and, and just kind of him having to deal with what that makes him. And, and he was, he was completely different. And so both of them coming into the season were so, so different. And to kind of highlight what, um, you know, the state of mind where she was in and just how like she was, she was so crap. She was becoming so crafty and, you know, she was trying to lead the charge. There's that one quote that really got me. She was talking about how there's a saying in politics, never let a good, uh, good crisis go to waste. And, and she was, so she was trying to, she was trying to scheme off, off the bad. And that, uh, that, that saying, uh, that might be in politics, that really scares me being in a crisis <laughs> thinking about what people who are in nefarious, um, people who are, you know, more evil in higher positions think about crises as, you know, opportunities. They think about them as opportunities. So, yeah, man, it, it was it was really, it was, we were in a different place than the end of uh, season two, for sure. Oh, definitely, Mike. It's a great point. I, I really feel like the tensions have been ramped up to almost unbearable levels in season three. And, you know, we find, we find the Bird family, you know, to quote the promotional posters that Netflix did for the season, we find that they are all in. And I didn't really yeah. know what that meant until I started watching these first few episodes. And specifically, you know, so for season one and for the most part season two, it was about Marty Bird and to some, some degree Wendy Bird because they were basically the only two co-conspirators in this money laundering scheme. But, you know, and they, them just struggling to balance family life and criminal life. But in this in season three, it's completely changed. I mean, season three, they've, they've masterfully blended these two lives, the criminal life and the family life, to the point where they're almost like inseparable. And the birds now as a family, yep. they're conspiring to launder money for a top Mexican drug cartel. And that means that <laughs> there's a lot of room for Laura Linney's character, Wendy Bird, to really become more involved. I mean, it, it, it starts yeah. off, it seems like it's, it's Marty and Helen who are advocating for maintaining the status quo, but it's Wendy mm -hmm. who's like taking the lead in season three on expanding the money laundering empire, getting into casino territory, 
Um, often a lot of times she's doing things she's doing are without Marty's knowledge or consent. And that creates its own set of difficulties for the birds. And I think a lot of times um, it's things that Marty doesn't anticipate. You know, he's such a uber genius accountant. He's a numbers guy through and through. And he's always trying to measure and weigh all these impossible things or to keep his family alive. And here's Wendy just messing that up, this delicate balance that Marty strikes. And a lot of the show is Marty trying to keep up with Wendy to protect the family as she continually um, <laughs> no doubt. breaks bad. You know, I mean, it's just like yeah, she no, sort of becomes be, an antagonist for Marty and always trying to do yes. is just save their fucking family's life, you know? Um, as so, she becomes the driving force in, 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 you know, their endeavors and their illicit endeavors, he does, he, he does have to kind of... Uh, 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 measure everything he's doing to save everything he would do before before to save the family right. was kind of on his own against these outside forces. But now right. one of those forces is is right in his home, which oh, is exactly. wild. You know, you you made me you made me kind of laugh a little bit because um sometimes it's ridiculous and <laughs> and I have some I have some critiques I want to bring up later about the show. But uh, it is you know you mentioned how the whole family was involved and this season draws in the whole family in a major way. And, it is, it's, I even mentioned earlier the suspension of belief I had a hard time with. It is crazy that they, they are with all the cops breathing down their door, all these, you know, it just all these it, cartels around them and all these evil people that they're still not either, not even, not either not locked up or dead. And it's just, it's wild. And the, the fact that they were, you know, went ahead and trusted their kids and, you know, that's just, that, that's, that's, that's not what you do when you're running, running a criminal enterprise. You know, it just, it's really ridiculous. But at the same time, that's what makes it compelling television. Right, exactly. You know, I, I, I really feel like it's a family affair this season. And <laughs> everybody's it got really their, their hands dirty and there's nothing they can do about it. It's done. You can't ever take it back. Um, and yeah. it, it, it's, it's, go ahead, it's so much a family affair. That uh, in in episode two, which is uh, Civil Union, the opening of it, and I really liked this opening, um, was the introduction to Ben, and that's her brother. Um, he he's a teacher, and in, in, in school, and like he has, he sees a student getting humiliated through something that was shared on social media, and he takes all the phones and he runs outside, and there was like a. Um, a you know tree worker of some kind who had a chipper there, and he throws all the phones in the chipper. And I thought, you know, it, we'll talk a lot about Ben as we move through this. But I mean, what a cool introduction to uh, this extended extended family affair that happened. Oh, definitely, it's a great point. I mean, I I didn't know what to make first of Ben Davis when I first saw him. I was just like, <laughs> who's this loose cannon? <laughs> substitute teacher, not even Perfect a teacher, word. No, not, not to denigrate substitute teachers, but I mean like, you know, uh, substitute teacher. How dare you, Chris. <laughs> um, <laughs> my mom was a teacher. I'm allowed to say that. Um, and my mom was, my mom was a substitute <laughs> teacher. I'll substitute teacher right now. I'm looking for work. Who's got work? But, um, yeah, <laughs> Go I mean, on, just, just this Ben Davis character, I, I, I didn't know what to expect. And then as the season went on, it all made sense as to why he was doing that. And, um, yeah. I, 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 I just, you know, circle back for a second. You know, I, I really feel like, um, there's a good parallel here to, to another show. I, I hate to keep bringing up Breaking Bad, but it's, it's just something that I see some parallels here. Um, you know, remember that season where like Jesse had his own season, basically, you know? Um, yeah. I really feel like this season, like um, uh, Marty's taking a bit of a backseat and it's really um, 
Wendy who's stepping up more and she's more of the driving force of the plot in the season. Um, You know, I mean, obviously she, you know, she has good intentions, but she's definitely rocking the boat of Marty who's just balanced on this knife edge. You know, he's, he's looking left, he's looking right and there's no good choices. Then he's got his wife right in front of him making it even harder, you know? So it it was really, then he's got, he, he truly has the FBI breathing down his neck in in, in a different way. This, this whole, the uh, opening it up into the casino world, which is a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to spend time on the boat and, and, you know, Ruth, Ruth managing the boat and everything. But I, I, I want, I want to stop you from having to feel like you have to apologize about any sort of breaking bad uh, right. mention. I mean, this is this is this is kind of this is something that's going to come up again and again. I have a huge uh, rant I'm going to lay down at the end that I almost feel some some of it's almost too on the nose. Breaking bad that it's I mean, we, we I, let's I mean. I think we should almost stop and say, like, I, I, I know you are, but and I especially am. I, Breaking Bad is one of my favorite shows. Maybe my favorite show, uh, Six Feet Under is right there, Wise right there, whatever, of all time. I'm, I'm an aficionado. I've wrote, a, I've, you know, written about it uh, at length, and, 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 you know, it's something that means a lot to me. So there are so many comparisons that it's impossible for, 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 for us, me and you, to talk about it without talking about the other. Right. And 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 I and and I, I I totally hear you is what I'm saying, but um it, it is really interesting just to see the whole world change in that way that you were describing and and what happens kind of next is as we move forward a little um you know into into episode three uh, which is called uh, Kevin Cronin was there which is for a funny reason but so Wendy Wendy's changed so much as we're describing but she starts having dreams. Mm-hmm. Of of killing or leaving Marty, and 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 this is we're t- we're going to a whole different place. I mean, they are they, there's a wedge, and you already alluded to it that that is being drawn into the middle of them in a way that I don't think we could have seen uh, coming. It, it's it's severe. Oh yeah, I mean it's totally severe. I mean, who? Who wants to know that their their wife is having dreams about killing their partner? I mean, what partner <laughs> wants to hear that? You know, I mean, you know, it's just uh, I, you know things are really starting to get more and more intense, and the uh, the dogs are circling. You know, the casino's finances are being examined by the FBI. You know, as the episode progresses, you just find Wendy's dreams turning darker and darker, and yep. you, you you just. It just it just keeps building the suspense and the suspense, and you just sort of you're there with Marty as he starts to worry that the writing is on the wall and this can't last, and it's all done for them. You know, I mean, it's just it was an incredibly powerful episode. Um, you know, it might have been one of my favorite ones, and um, you know, well, it was probably one of your favorite ones because it was named after um, an Ario, uh, the lead singer of Ario <laughs> Speedwagon, and. Uh, <laughs> They, um, this is this is where you know Marty works out uh, a laundering arrangement <laughs> with Ario Speedwagon, and they make it in. It was I was I was looking it up a little bit, and uh, Kevin Cronin, the namesake of the episode, um, he was he didn't know when they approached him about it. Like he's like he's like I don't know what the what is Ozark? What's going mm-hmm. on here? And so his um his cool soundboard as he calls it or his kids and he just hit up his kids he's like yo so the show's arcs you know wants me and the band on you know what are we doing they're like do it do it gotta be on so that i really felt that was a that was a fun point that ario speedwagon um you know touched that world and you can see that band working so much in that instance um 
You know, and but then you know when the band's playing, that's that's a pivotal moment. Oh, definitely, because because Marty is grabbed, and you know it's one of those things like it, you could be you picture yourself in a movie theater, and you're like you're screaming out like a horror film, like no, he's coming, like you want Marty. I almost want to scream at the television, like uh, like when they're dragging him out, scream, yell, like they're taking you, like you're getting pulled out of a concert. By some thugs that are gonna throw you in the car, and he did. He was played it pretty cool until he got, you know, they actually were about to throw him in the backseat of the car. But like that, 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 like that was a game changer. He was he was getting taken off to a, a, a place he's he's even never really been. Oh, definitely, he was very publicly being taken off too. I mean, this cartel yeah. does not pull any punches. I mean, they're not trying to be discreet about anything in this town. I mean, they full on walk up and just grab him, you know. Um, but yep. uh, I, I want to circle back to one other thing is I, I always find it – it only happens – it's only happened a few times so far in the, in the series. But I always find it very comical when Marty is – he thinks he's being sly and slick and trying to get somebody <laughs> to launder money for him. And they just blatantly call him out for it. And I think yep. it's hilarious because just that whole REO Speedwagon scene where the guy was like, oh, you're looking to launder some money? You know, like he's on the phone and it was just like it, – it's a nice little injection of humor, you know. It, it happened – uh, I think back in the first season when he was trying to launder money through the uh, new, uh, the, the nudie bar, you know, and he's the guy who's like, oh, you're yeah. trying to launder some money, you know, and like it yeah. just it just shows that, you know, like Marty isn't as slick as he thinks. And there's people who see right through him and stuff like that. And uh, it was just it was just it, it was actually kind of comical. And then you were like, oh, shit, he, now he's being dragged into a black SUV and being driven to an airport and just being taken out of the country and nobody fucking knows where he is. You know, I mean, like. Um, yeah, you know, so it just you brought up you brought up a cool point that I, I actually really like in this show, and it's 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 uh, there's a few other shows that I really like that where they do this where where um, where adults start acting like talking to each other like adults right away when someone's when someone's discussing something kind of like in a covert way, and the other person's like, well, you know, wait, so this is what you mean? Like, why are we bullshitting here? And then they just get right into it and. And you see it all the time. I mean, Marty comes clean almost to a fault right. so many times. I remember when he was talking to Mason about the church when he first told him um, about uh, um, Jacob Jacob and Darlene's, like, operation. Like, he's just like, why can't I build this church? He's like, because Jacob and Darlene, they're heroin dealers. Like, just, like, flatly lay it down. And he's such a – that was something – unique about seeing him in a more subservient, uh, you know, kind of uh, confused figuring out role. It was so fun the first two seasons seeing him in, in the most calm, collect, you know, he, 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 he never wavered. It was, it was, it was almost odd. I'm like, how can he under these circumstances be like this? And it was, that was like a lot of the fun in that, but I always loved the, how the adult situations um, happened so fast in this and, and the way Helen is, you know, it, it's and we need to start talking about her more and more as we keep going. But like, I mean, she's, you know, just like I mean, someone just like Gus or something from Breaking Bad, just like any anyone like that. It was just like this plain speaking professional who's able to talk about these really, really dark deeds in, in just like an open way. I mean, like, what, what are we? We're adults here. Let's discuss it. But that in that episode is there's this little shift. Not only is Marty getting taken away, but they're trying to figure out what life without Marty could look like, which is scary, if, especially because we're all kind of rooting for Marty. And you see this like change in this takeover, and Helen is talking to Ruth. 
around this time, Marty's taken off to uh, Navarro's in Mexico to see if she can run operations. And again, Breaking Bad, once again, when they were looking at Jesse to be like, they would have killed Walt if we can, you know, find somebody to take over. If, if Jesse would have cooked for like a full season and a half, they would have killed Walt right away. But he's like, I'm not cooking here. He saved his life. In this way, they were looking like, and that was also Navarro's plan here to take him out of the world to see if his whole operation could still continue running with Marty out of it. Right. You know, it's an excellent point, you know, and like, you know, we keep sort of, you know, going away and coming back to Breaking Bad. And I feel there's some great parallels here where you sort of see how, you know, remove Walter White from the equation and can it still be business as usual? And it's the same thing with Marty. Um, You know, obviously Navarro has other, you know, intentions with Marty, um, you know, wanting to get to the truth of what real Marty really wants, you know. Um, but you do sort of see these parallels. And, yeah, you sure. know, I I, 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 I I like your point of, like, straight talk, you know, like, basically, I think it's what you were saying, mm-hmm. you know, like, just oh, calling yeah. something what it is, you know. And, and I think I think th- this is this is why Ozark can do a good job of sort of um, setting itself apart from Breaking Bad because I, I felt there wasn't really a lot of that in Breaking Bad. It was all just sort of subterfuge and like smoke and mirrors and sort of flying under the radar. And, o- and Ozark, I feel a lot of it is out in the open. I mean, the family knows, you know, the people know. People call him out and he has to just be, he has no other options. He has to be honest, you know. So there is that truth and the truth setting you free, it also hurting you at times. But and a lot of times the truth actually is a benefit to the Bird family and their money laundering schemes here. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I really started feeling uncomfortable in that episode when sort of Helen starts talking to Ruth about her being able to run the company. And I was really grateful at the end for FBI agent um, Maya um, sort of seeing what – recognizing what was going on and being the good field agency is and sort of shutting down one of those accounts in a way that only Marty could fix it and in a way saving him, you know, because if she hadn't done that, then I'm pretty sure Marty would never come out of that hole and wouldn't listen to that fucking song with the lights on over and over again, you know, just cowering (laughs) in the corner eating rice and beans full of worms, you know? So I mean, it proved, uh, it proved his competency in a way that absolutely saved his life. Right. And, and that's what it was all about, kind of competency. Right. Like, can it work? Can, can, can Ruth, is she competent enough? Can she make it, make it work? Um, just to, to touch on that, that FBI agent, she was so special, too. She was so human. There was one point where she was talking to Marty, and like, she was asking him, you know, it's time to come clean. And he was, just, he was just kind of shoving files in his bag and being all pissed off. And she's like, oh, oh, man. It's that bad, huh? And like it was just like this human level. Like she, she, you know, she was obviously pressing him and obviously trying to work him. But it was also she's like, damn, like you're in it. It was there was a lot of humanity there that that we need, uh, I believe, uh, for the show to be successful amongst all this straight talk and hardened hardened things. But yeah, no, it's it's really really a, a, about competency and and Ruth was this key. Ruth was kind of like what are like she was the answer for the no Marty situation. Right. But it just it it, it she it, her arc and I think we just should start talking about Ruth for Let's a little get into while cuz um cuz as we move through season uh episode f- uh 4 5 6 as as Marty gets out, he proves his competency and and you know 
the things that transpire, we don't have to get into all the minutia, but she ends up getting hurt. And, and you know, it, it, by episode seven, it, entitled In Case of Emergency, the cost of loyalty to Marty and the birds in aggregate is, is really, really clear to her. Um, you know, Wyatt's talking to her. Wyatt, what an interesting character uh, he is, by the way, too. He's played by um, Charlie Tahan, I believe that's his name. But, um, you know, he's t- talking to her. He's like, you know, you've changed since the birds arrived. Everything's changed. And he's right. I mean, think about it. I mean, she was jumped and hospitalized, uh, you know, this season. Her father was killed. She killed her uncles. Um, she's, you know, has all this tension with Wyatt. I mean, it, the, 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 her decision to work with, uh, with, with the birds has cost her so, so much. That becomes a driving force for everything moving forward. Oh, definitely. I really feel that uh, we've been talking a lot about, you know, Laura Linney's character, Wendy um, Bird, you know, and her Breaking Bad in season three. But I really think it's Julia Gardner's character, Ruth Langmore, who steals the show. Sorry, who steals the season. I mean, her, you know, the first two yeah. seasons found me, I was really drawn into the Bird's world. And I really found myself caring for their safety. But this season, I was more deeply drawn to Ruth's character and just watching her rise within the family. And I, I really started caring less for the birds, sort of how they were doing, because I saw how they all the infighting and the poor choices they were making. And their dynamic was just seeming to, to descend into all these different factions and chaos and lies. And like, I, I really, the family was sort of unraveling before your eyes and but there was just like this this solid figure Ruth who was just charging ahead forward like just looking out for herself and making all these moves that were in her best interest to the point where like you said like Helen's asking Ruth if she can do Marty's job for God's sakes I mean I I really feel like um this was a wonderful season to celebrate Ruth I mean she was a character that you know I thought might be auxiliary to the show, and now I think she's smack center in the middle of the show, and I'm really looking forward to sort of where her character arc goes. And you know, I hope it, I no hope, doubt, I hope, that- I hope it never comes to it, man. But if, if 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 she gets if she gets killed, I hope she gets a good death, you know, because. You know, like she, she. <laughs> no, I get, I get you know. that. She's, I mean, she's, she's, she's. You, you're absolutely right. She becomes everything to the season. She's my Ned Stark, and, man. You know, I mean, like, I just, <laughs> I, I, I feel for her. You know. Yeah. No, I mean, just even, even to the fact that where we go with it, and what happens to Ben, it is something. I mean, her falling in love with Ben, oh, man, and becoming that close to Ben. It, it it also turns out to be another just huge. I, I just listed down all the losses and all the costs of being working for the birds that she dealt with. He becomes a, another one, uh, maybe even bigger than even her uncles or her father. I mean, that they loved each other. Right. She, they, they showed moments to make sure that they knew that they had something very, very serious. And, and then the fact that, you know, she was taking, he was taken out in the way he was that involves Wendy is such a driving force for everything moving forward with, uh, with, with Wendy in the future. I mean, showrunner, um, one of the showrunners is one of the executive producers, Chris Mundy. He says, uh, if we are lucky enough to get season four, we are. They, they're, they're about it. I think it will be about whether or not Ruth can create something on her own. Mm-hmm that she wants to be sustainable. And then he also mentioned that. And if karma will catch up with the birds, but I mean, it's, it's about her and the torture she, um, 
she she felt and and just everything you know she was she was dealing with. But so I think here's a, a perfect time for uh, a little my my Breaking Bad uh, full rant. Um, uh, and this is I think the show is great. And and but there's a there's a serious serious reason that we can't. Um, uh, you know, divorce the two, and, and especially since you know we we enjoyed you know both of them so much, and we know so much about both of them. But it's it is overwhelming. It's entirely overwhelming how many similarities there are here uh, to the point where I found a distraction. I really, I truly did. And the one that is the most distracting it, it is Ruth because Ruth is Jesse, and it is. It, it, it's it's not even it's 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 so it's so on the nose. Jesse was put through hell. Ruth is put through hell. Um, they they I mean they are they are both like kind of lower class compared to you know who they are dealing with. You know Jesse and you know was a drug dealer. She's living in a trailer home compared to these people who are living these you know kind of middle class upper middle class lives. They 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 both have and this is the one of the biggest ones. They they both have these huge hearts that you wouldn't even know about uh, if you looked at their exterior as a, as a druggie or as, as someone like Ruth who, who who swears as good as anyone I've ever heard swear and and just just you know the 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 way they're used in the show as as maybe the replacement or maybe you know like they're competent enough to take over but they're not sure if they could try it's the the parallel is is it's not even like a parallel. It's, it almost feels ripped, but, in, but which is which is great. I mean, Jesse's my favorite character, maybe in television history. So it's fun to experience it in Ruth. But I mean, the Breaking Bad comparisons go across the board. You can look at Helen, which we're really about to get into. I mean, her being taken out at the end. I mean, it's almost like Gus's explosion at the end. She's it, that, it's like that. They have a they have their own Mike Airman Trout. I mean, he doesn't talk. But um, he's in a lesser silent one. There's a, uh, I don't know. It's it's there's just there's so oh the the, the biggest and just like you know just like when Jesse was um, we all knew he would find out eventually that Walt killed Jane. We know that Ruth is going to find out that Wendy was responsible for Ben's death, and that is gonna be that is gonna f- uh, further push her towards her own thing or some sort of revenge or it just it just it, which is a very compelling storyline to do but i mean there's a there's a there's a there's a serious reason why we we can't speak on one or the other i mean it's these those worlds are it's that i you know i don't know I, just, I had to get that off my chest <laughs> I, I, I could i could just see the pitch at the uh netflix studios <laughs> it's like breaking bad but in the ozarks <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? And 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 I had to say that because I think it's what I think it's the elephant in the room. And 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 the other elephant in the room is also like, all right. So I loved the the brother Ben so much. I thought his acting was impeccable, especially down the stretch. Him and um and, and Laura Lenny, uh, Ben. I can't think of. Uh, oh, Tom. Tom Pelfrey. Uh, Pelfrey. Their acting down the stretch was incredible. Their, their connections, their, their, it was incredible watching them. But I will say this. The, the, the fact that, like, kind of, um, uh, um, you know, kind of, she described his toddler behavior, you know. And it, it turned out, it was his mental health uh, issues that they were talking about. They, the fact that that was the driving force 
down the stretch, like him kind of just going off his rocker and running off to Helen and yelling at his daughter. I, I, I got to say, it's not as it's totally compelling to watch, but it's not as clever or uh, overall compelling to me as if you're watching the principal actors in the series trying to outwit each other, you know, instead of a series of mistakes or or, you know, someone who is not of the right mind just doing stupid shit. I would rather have these really intense forces that are Helen and the birds doing jockeying for position in this way instead of like being backed into something because of a bunch of mistakes by someone who's in a really tight spot. But in the long run, it really was compelling. And when we did get to the point where they were getting on that plane and going out there, I didn't know what was going to happen. Did you know what was going to happen then? Oh, I had no fucking idea what's going to happen. And that's why it's good fucking television, Mike. That's why it's good fucking television. Yeah, I, if, if I went to Vegas and that was one of the things to place a bet on, I would not have chosen that one. Yeah. So this is, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote him again, Chris Mundy, one of the executive producers. I read a great interview with him. I forget where it was. Um, he was talking about, you know, why Helen or why the birds? Like, why did he make that decision? Why did Navarro make that decision? And he goes, as good as Helen is, there's other lawyers in the world, which is obviously true. There's other, you know, other lawyers in the world. But Wendy and Marty have pulled off two possibilities for Navarro. One is getting the casino to launder through, uh, launder money through in the first place. Which is place. unheard of. And, that's and never happened before. That's what he was saying. He was, he was describing it as uh, that, is, that is the holy grail of money laundering. If you, have, if you can get a casino to money launder through, like, that's it. That's what you need. And, uh, and, then, and then secondly, they claim that they have the FBI on their side and can swing the power of the U.S. government in the um, you know, intervention of the drug war against their rival. So he's seeing it as not only do they have a casino, and they made that happen, which is so impressive. <laughs> yeah. And then secondly, he's like, maybe they, they, they might have the FBI. It's a no-brainer for, them, for him to you know, use the fake Mike Amitrout to, to, to shoot Helen's brains all over them. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, watch on season four, right? I mean, it, it's all come to late probably, you know? Um, it, it, yeah. it, it really is interesting. Uh, you know, just, good, just to go back a few thoughts, I, 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 I really appreciate your, your passion about how so closely – Ozark does kind of parallel with Breaking Bad. And while I, I may not be as fully invested in it as you are, you can't deny the similarities. And I think for me, I, I, it, it, it does seem like, uh, okay, that seems kind of weak, but it also, it seems familiar and I do kind of like it, you know, because I do miss my, uh, I'll, I'll put friends in quotes, but the characters who I come to, you know, adore on Breaking Bad. So it's nice to have that, similar sort of emotional connection to new characters. But I, I, I do also find that there, there, there's enough differences in Ozark that I, I, think, I think it can begin. Agreed. It, as the season Agreed. three ends, it can begin to start going out on its own and sort of say that it is sort of in its own little unique place. But I, I think maybe they, they had to get something going and they had a lot of goodwill with Breaking Bad. It's a fucking awesome place to start, you know? But I think we are set up perfectly yeah, no, here in, for in, season four and to sort of break absolutely. out onto new territory here and say, we are Ozark, we are not Breaking Bad. We are going to sort of 
uh, change your mind about uh, a new direction for anti-hero shows, you know? So I, 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 yeah. I, I no, and I, I, I hope, and you know, usually it's, um, this is very off character for me on the, sh- on, on, on the show. It's, you know, to levy criticisms like this. Usually if I'm, if I'm, you know, we're going to do a sh- uh, an episode. We're we're here to like shine the shine the hell out I of it. it. I wanted to do this anyway because I I love this show. And exactly. you're right, there is you you nailed it in in just saying there's so much unique and so much good on its own that even though I uh, I was having trouble getting past something which is so evident and is so real, it's so good. Yeah. At the same time, and and like you said, moving forward. I am so excited to see what becomes of Ruth moving forward. Me too. And, and one other thing, I am so excited to see what happens to their uh, the kids moving forward. We, we didn't talk much about them, but, like, they are starting to grow into their yes. own. And I think they're going to have a, just a hunch, a huge role in what becomes of, of the decision-makings. I mean, there, there's... Both the both of both of them have have a lot to say about what's been going on, and I feel like they're going to have a lot to act on, act on moving forward. And to give a, a a huge shout out to how they ended the season, the 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 shot to Helen's head was <laughs> was definitely it was it was closing the door on something and open the door on the next, and then they used just the uh, the most brilliant music cue. Definitely. Of all time to to end to end, end the show and that run the jewels ooh la yep. la and, moment and was 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 so just cool. that great close in shot of the two stunned faces as you know Devour yep. pulled Wendy um it pulled the birds to him and like they're covered in blood and it's just like and then just fade to black you know I mean it it, it was just a Dope. incredible Dope. way to end the show I don't think anybody saw it coming you knew someone was going to get shot in the head you just didn't think it was going to you didn't think it was going to be Helen you know um and that's yeah. good television right there man that's good television that's good television o- Ozark is dripping with good television right. no I uh like I said I'm so glad I got on board so glad people like you got me on board and the the whole world, the COVID, everything got me on board because it's it's absolutely riveting. And, uh, you know, those numbers I mentioned earlier, um, I guarantee once that season uh, four hits, which probably could take a minute at this yeah. point, but uh, it, those will be the, through the roof because it's just the whole world's watching it. And I get I get why. So uh, anything we missed, Chris? Uh, no, I, you know, I, I, I really I really feel like, you know, they did a great job this season. A lot of characters um, introduced. I mean, we, we didn't even uh, even like talk about the um, heroin farm cartel going on and stuff like that. I mean, there's just all we barely mentioned Darlene. Exactly, we barely mentioned Darlene. And, and Wyatt, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that just goes to talk about this. How much is going on? There were so many new characters. I mean, I, I mean, yep. uh, like Ben Davis's character and the fact that Wendy put a hit on her on her own brother. I mean, it just goes to show you the extremes of this show and how deeply into a hole they have gotten themselves and they're just they're circling the wagons even tighter because now it's not even like it's not even like nuclear family it's just you and your kids that's all they got left now i mean like they've they've drawn these new lines it's just it's just the four of us you know and it's just it just it really makes for gripping television you know my me my heart was bleeding for ben davis i mean like i i was just like you know i was talking to a friend of mine who said that she 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 cried when she learned that ben had been killed you know and it was an impossible situation and there's just so many impossible situations in this in this season 
that they had to make decisions on that had life or death consequences, you know? And, um, you know, Wendy was in an impossible situation. Her whole family and, and herself gets killed or her brother gets killed. I mean, like, what do you do? It's, it's like a terrible Sophie's choice. I mean, there's there's no good answer. Mm-hmm. And you have to live with the fallout from that. And season four, I think, is going to see Wendy much more changed. I mean, she's, you can see she's already struggling. And the, you know, the cracks are starting to show up in the veneer there of her personality, you know, the drinking and just getting lost in the parking lot and just, you know, I mean, she's obviously going to have some issues. And then, like you said, the, she killed her brother. Yeah, dude. She killed her brother. This is the fallout we're going to be dealing good with in, yeah. in the next right, season. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, um, you're going to need more than a, a, a um, uh, marriage counselor named Sue to help solve your problems after that one, you know? So, um, but you know, I mean like, you know, like oh. it, 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 the, the season's perfectly uh, ended to set up the fourth season. There was some great characters introduced. There was some great sort of like breadcrumbs dropped along the way and you got to see how all the pieces fit together. And it, I really think that this is the best out of the three seasons and I can't wait for season four. And, um, you know, just to quote Ruth Langmore, you know, I don't know shit about fuck. And um, I can't wait to see what happens in season four. I love that shit. I miss Jacob so yeah. much, by the way. No, you're absolutely right. We're, uh, we're, we're set up for the rise of Ruth in, in a major, major way. I can't wait. Chris, thank you so much for uh, spending some time talking about it. I really appreciate Mike, it. It was a pleasure. And uh, uh, everyone out there, uh, thank you for joining the party. We have a lot more coming at you real soon. Hey. Ooh, la, la, are we, we? Looking for amps like I lost a friend. Jump out of my bed like where the bread. You go hold the egg. Way to bring a check. When we talk, we collision the car. Keep us in your thoughts. Fully dressed at the crack of dawn. Weapons heading off. I can hear them from the block. See them creeping through the fog. Season's greedy, not feedy. Season can start. Oh my God. Look alive. Looking like I live like on a... Osiris. This podcast is in the loop. The Legion of Osiris Podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at osirispod.com.